Today is part three of our series called The Power of One, and what we're going to look at today is the power of just one prayer. You know, it was one prayer that caused a blind man to see. It was one prayer that caused the sea to part. One prayer can save an orphan, rescue a widow. One prayer can cause one man to rise up to become the king of a nation. One prayer can cause a nation to fall. There is power in prayer. How many of you would say, yeah, I, I realize there is power in prayer. Go ahead and raise your hand. Let me see your hands up next time. If you believe that there's power in prayer. Yeah, lots of hands going up. Now, put your hands back down. Let me ask you another question. You believe that there's power in prayer, but how many of you believe that there's power in your prayers? Not quite as many hands. You see, somehow we've gotten to this place where we think that prayer is this magical, mystical thing that's reserved for spiritual elites that, oh yeah, there's, there's power in prayer. God can do mighty things through prayer, but just not through my prayers. I mean, who, who am I that God would listen to, to someone like me? And that's a very, very unfortunate place to be because there is power in the prayer of every single one of you that are here today and every single one of you that's listening to this podcast. There's power in prayer, just even one prayer. Now, before you beat yourselves up too much about not believing that there's power in your prayers, don't worry about it because Jesus' disciples believe the same thing. And these are the guys that ultimately ended up changing the whole world. They learned the, the power of prayer, but before they got there, they actually said this to Jesus in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Here was Jesus, this guy that they saw praying like they had never seen somebody pray before. They realized that there was something different about him. And they were like, Lord, you, you need to teach us to pray like that. And so Jesus goes on and he teaches them what we commonly would call the Lord's Prayer. Now, as I've shared with you before, this actually isn't a prayer that's to be prayed. It's a model prayer of how to pray. And so Jesus teaches them this this prayer, and it's throughout the Gospels. The, the fullest version of it's found in Matthew chapter 6. If you want to turn there this morning, Matthew 6, we're going to start with verse 9. We're going to be going back to this uh, throughout the message, so if you just want to keep a finger there or uh, keep your uh, screen on with your phone, whichever way you're looking at it. If you don't have it, there's the, uh, it's there on your program as well, all the scriptures we'll look at today. But Jesus says this to him. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Today what I want to do is walk you through this prayer, this very, very powerful prayer. Because if you're going to learn how to pray powerfully, you should learn how to do it the way Jesus instructed you to pray, right? That makes sense. Now, before we actually get into the prayer, I want you to, to think in your mind, what does it look like for somebody to be praying powerfully? Like, who is it that you envision as somebody that prays powerfully? For some of you in your mind, you think of a, a pastor, a preacher that's up, and he's, he's praying with and for his congregation, and he may even almost be shouting the prayers, and, and he's like blessing his people. That may be the image that came in your mind. For some of you, think of something much more quiet. You think of a monk. In a monastery, he's in a, maybe a beautiful garden and he's down on his knees and maybe spending hour after hour after hour just praying and communing and talking with God. 
For some of you, it's really personal, the image that came to your mind, because it's your grandma. You, you remember her sitting in a, a rocking chair, rocking back and forth, or her Bible open on her lap. And you knew exactly what she was praying for because she told you, I'm praying for my grandkids. I'm praying for my kids. Whatever image that you have in your mind of what a powerful prayer looks like, I want you to take it out of your mind right now. Because I want to put a new one in your mind. In fact, here's what I want you to do. Close your eyes. I want you to picture this. You're sitting in a boardroom. Now, I want you to, to look around the boardroom. What, what is it that you're seeing? Maybe you're, you're seeing that you're in this high-rise building. You're at the, the penthouse, and you can see out the, the brightly lit room there. and The, the windows, you can, you can see down to the city below. Maybe you're seeing a big mahogany table. It's huge. And you're sitting there. There's a bunch of other people sitting around the table, uh, other executives. And at the head of the table, there sits the CEO. I want you to picture this in your mind. You're there at the office, sitting around the table, you are one of the executives at the head of the table is the CEO. All right, open your eyes. I think in this image that I just gave you, we can learn how to pray. And not just pray, but we can learn how to pray powerfully. I want you to imagine that as you're sitting there at the table, you don't actually know why you're there. You were just sort of whisked into this boardroom. You were taken out of your normal life and you were plopped down at this, this table. And you're like, well, why, why am I here? Who are these? You know, you're, you're looking around. You, you've got all these questions in your mind, don't you? In fact, I, I believe you would have four questions as you're sitting there. And again, these four questions are going to help us learn how to pray. The, the first question would be this. Who is the CEO and what does he want with me? Who is the CEO? And by who, I don't mean what is his name or her name. I mean, rather, who is this person? What is their, their nature? What, what do they want with me? Who is this person? And so as Jesus starts to teach his disciples how to pray, he says, first of all, what you need to realize is who it is that you're praying to. Who is the CEO? And Jesus, this, this powerful rabbi, he starts using imagery and he starts using language that no other rabbi had ever used before. He said, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He uses this term, Father, Abba, Daddy. Again, nobody else had ever used this before. Father. Who is the CEO? It's our father. Now, how many of you know that if your dad's the CEO, you've got some access, you've got some privileges that other employees don't have, right? Now, take politics out of this for a second, all right? And I know that's hard uh, because of the, the inauguration was just Friday and stuff. But, but think about it. Think about it. Again, take, take politics completely out. Just go back, say, two years ago. Don't you think that Donald... And, and Eric 
and Ivanka, and uh, what's the girl that nobody knows her name? Uh, <laughs> Tiffany and Baron. Don't you think? Don't you think that they had special access to their dad that nobody else had? Don't you think they could ask things of him that nobody else could? Sure. And here's another thing I want you to think about with this. It's one thing if your dad is the CEO of General Electric or if your dad is the, the CEO of Home Depot. But when your dad is also the CEO of the company that has his name attached to it, that makes things different too, doesn't it? Because now as a child, you're going to fight for the company more than you would if your dad was the CEO of Home Depot because his name is your name. And you want that name to be honored. And so that's why Jesus says, when you pray, say, our father, realize who it is that you're praying to. This is my father, my daddy. Hallowed, hallowed be your name. In other words, great, honored, revered is your name. Why? Because your name is, is my name too. And so why are our prayers not powerful? It's because a lot of times we forget who it is that we're praying to, who it is that we're talking to, that, that this is my Father, and great and holy is his name. This is interesting because Jesus says that, that when you do this, say, you know, hallowed be your name. It's almost like we're commanding God, God, hallowed be your name, great be your name, God. Now, we can't command God to do anything, can we? But yet, that's almost what we're doing. We're saying, God, may, may your name be great in all the earth. Hallowed be your name. But really, it's not a command. It's more like wishful thinking. God, I'm hoping, I, I wish that your name would be hallowed in all the earth. Some of you are looking at me confused, like, what? what? What's going on here? Let me explain it to you this way. How many of you ever said to somebody, hey, hope you have a great day? You ever said that? Hope you have a good day. When you say have a good day, that's, you can't command them to have a good day. You're basically saying, I, I wish for you a, a good day. But a part of that is you're also going, you know what? My commitment to you having a good day is I'm going to do my part to help you have a good day. So here, let me open that door for you. Have a good day. Let me buy your lunch for you. Have a good day. And that's what we're doing with, with God. We're, Hallowed be your name. Great be your name. It's a, a wish, but it's also a pledge that, God, I'm going to do my part to make sure that the people of this earth know that your name is the name that's above every other name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee is one day going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that he is the Lord of all. Hallowed be your name. So the first thing we've got to do when we're praying is realize who is the CEO? Who is it exactly that we're talking to? He's your father. If you find yourself here this morning and you're like, you know what, I don't pray nearly as much as what I should, then guess what? You've forgotten who it is you're talking to. You've forgotten that this is your dad. 
Some of you, actually, you pray, but you're not asking for enough. Why? Because you've forgotten who you're talking to. It's your dad. You've got access to him. You've got special privileges. Hallowed be your name. This is why in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we read this. It says, let us then feel confident. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me stop there. Why can we feel confident in approaching God? Why? Because he's what? He's our father. It says, let us then feel confident that we can approach the throne of God where there is grace. It is there that we can receive mercy and the grace to help us when we need it. So never forget that this is your dad, but also don't forget this is your dad. You honor your father and mother, both literally, physically, those that you call father and mother, but we need to honor, we need to hallow his name. He is the CEO. And when we elevate him to his proper place, that he's the one that's in charge of our lives, then we'll be ready to ask the next question because now we're in our proper place. The second question you'd have as you're sitting around that boardroom table is not only who is it that's sitting at the head of the table, who's the CEO, but then, okay, why am I here? What business are we in? What business are we in? And Jesus makes it clear that the business that you and I as his followers are in, we're about the kingdom. That's our business. We're in the the kingdom business. He says, so when you pray, say, your kingdom come. Your will be done here in this satellite office that we're a part of on the earth, just as it is back in the home office in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Our problem so often is we've forgotten what business we're in. That's why our prayers aren't powerful. Too many of us are praying about our own agenda and forgetting that it's God's agenda that needs to be number one in our lives. And I want you to imagine this for a second. Imagine you're Phil Knight, the uh, CEO of Nike. And you're at this big boardroom table and you're Phil Knight and you're, you're sitting there at the head of the table. What business are you in? You're in shoes, you're in apparel, athletics. But I want you to imagine all your executives sitting around the table are talking about their home life, about things going on at home. And then somebody else is like, hey, we can't be talking about home life. We need to talk about business. Uh, You know, we should be selling baked goods. We should be searching for oil. There's big money in oil. It's Phil Knight. What are you going to go? You're going to go, whoa, 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 guys. You've forgotten what business we're in. I think oftentimes Jesus, the, the CEO of our lives, he wants to look at us and go, guys, gals, time out. You've forgotten what business we're in. You're concerned about all the things and the cares of this world. You've made life all about you and your agenda. You've forgotten why you're here on this planet. You've forgotten that we're to be a people of and about the kingdom. We're to be about kingdom business. 
And so if we're to be about kingdom business, then guess what? Our prayers should reflect kingdom priorities. How many of you ever met somebody that you're like, that person's a prayer warrior. It seems like every single prayer they pray, it seems like it comes true. Have you ever had somebody you known like that? You know what they've discovered? That they get their prayers answered when they pray prayers that God's already said can be answered. In other words, you and I can have every one of our prayers answered. We can start to learn how to pray powerful prayers if we'll just simply get to the place where we pray prayers that God's already said yes to. Pray prayers that God's already said yes to. Now, be careful because there's some things that you may start praying about that you're like, oh, this sounds really, really good. But then it turns out it's not actually biblical. Let me give you a couple examples. Some of you might pray this prayer. God, cease all wars in the world. Sounds really good, doesn't it? Here's the problem with that. Jesus said that until the end of time, there's always going to be wars and rumors of wars. Or how about this? Some people may pray, God, end all poverty in the world. That sounds really spiritual. But Jesus said, the poor are going to be amongst you always. So we've got to read God's word, see what God's word says, and then pray God's word. That's the most powerful prayers you can pray is just pray the word of God. Don't pray your own words. Pray God's word. I remember when I first became a Christian, I've told this story before. I was like just such a nervous wreck about everything. I mean, I would get literally sick to my stomach all the time and just nervous. I think I told you that on one of my college uh, finals, I threw up like I was so like nervous about it and stuff. The professor had to say, oh, go home, come back tomorrow, do it. I mean, that's just, I was just so nervous about stuff. And so instead of when I then became a Christian praying, you know, my own words, I just started to pray God's word. That God, your word says, great peace have they that love your law, and nothing can cause them to stumble. God, your word says that we're to be anxious about nothing, and that we can pray about everything. And through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, if we present our request to you, that your peace, which surpasses all understanding, is going to come in and guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. I just started to pray what God's word already said, and guess what happened? I started to get peace. I didn't get nervous. I mean, you know, stand on a stage. You know? <laughs> I didn't throw up this morning. Why? Because I, <laughs> I got God's peace. I don't pray my prayers. I, I pray his word. Let me give you a couple of examples just from scripture of things that you could pray. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, if any of you needs what? If any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God and it will be? How many of you need some wisdom occasionally for decisions that you need to make? Well, instead of just going, man, I wonder what I should do here, and you're talking to like everybody else and stuff, you pray a prayer, you go, God, you said if I need wisdom, I could ask for wisdom, so give me wisdom. What's his word say? What, what's it say? He's going to give it to you. That's a pretty powerful prayer. Man, I can get wisdom anytime I need it. Sometimes God will directly give it to you. Sometimes he's going to direct you to a scripture. Sometimes he's going to direct you to a person that you need to talk to for counsel. But you can ask for wisdom. That, that's a pretty powerful prayer. How about this? In Luke chapter 11, verse 13. 
Jesus says, if you then, although you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, the, the Holy Spirit comes and resides in you. you. You have the Holy Spirit. But there's sometimes you, you need an extra dose of the Holy Spirit, don't you? There's something going on. You're like, oh, man, God, I need, I need your power right now. I need your strength right now. What does Jesus say? You can do what? You can pray. You can ask for it. The Holy Spirit to come in and help me. That's pretty powerful. Asking the Holy Spirit to, to give you the strength and the power that you don't have. Here's another one. I think this one's uh, perhaps the, the top one that we should be praying about. We read it in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. Jesus said to his followers, There are many people to harvest, but only a few workers to harvest them. Pray to the Lord who owns the harvest that he will send more workers to gather his harvest. What Jesus was talking to his disciples about was that, look, there's a lot of people in the world that don't yet have a relationship with me, that aren't connected with God the Father that are lost in their sin, that they're going to die and go to hell. And what are we to be about? What's our business that we're in? We're about the kingdom business. And what is the kingdom business? It's helping people come into a relationship with Jesus. It's helping people to grow in their relationship with Jesus. That's what we're about. That's the business that, that we're in. We're in the kingdom business. But yet Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Or as my former boss, Rick Warren, liked to say it, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are sitting in the pews. We like to sit and soak and just come to church, do our thing, then we go out and we do our agenda the rest of the week. But that's not kingdom business. So Jesus says, look, here, here's a powerful prayer. Pray, ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers, more laborers out into the harvest field. You have some people in your life that you know, family members, friends, neighbors, co-workers that don't have a relationship with Jesus, that you're worried about where they're going to spend eternity? Not only do you have a part to play in helping them come into a relationship with Jesus, you have a part to, to play by praying, saying, God, send people into their lives that can share the good news of Jesus with them. These are all very powerful prayers. Of course, there's prayers that you can pray personally about your role in the kingdom. And see, when, when you pray about kingdom business in your part, God will answer those prayers. God, what's the next step that you want me to take? God, who is it that you want me to try to lead in a relationship with you? God, what area of ministry do you want me to be serving in the church and outside of the church? God will answer each and every one of those prayers. Why? Because it's a part of his agenda. It's a part of his will. So what do we pray first? What's the first question that we're asking? Who's the CEO? And we're saying, our, our Father in heaven, hallowed, great, honorable, respected is your name. What's the next question? What business are we in? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. The third question you would ask then as you're sitting around this boardroom table is this. What resources do we need to fulfill our mission? What, what are we going to need in order to make the kingdom work? So this is when Jesus says, pray this. He says, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, give us today what we need in order to carry out the, the, the business, the, the mission. 
But it's only once you know who the CEO is and, and what business that we're in that you can truly start to ask for things for yourself. See, part of the reason that many of you, your, your prayers aren't powerful is you start right away with you. God, here's what I need. But again, when, when you start with yourself, oftentimes you're going to be off track, you're going to be off agenda, you're going to be off mission. You've got to start with him. God, here's who you are. and Here's what you are about. Now, Give me what I need to help be about your business. See, oftentimes we pray and we ask God to bless what we're doing. Instead, we need to flip that around and we need to say, God, what is it that you're blessing? And then help me become a part of that. Does that make sense? There's a huge difference there. God, bless what I'm doing, my agenda. As compared to God, what is it that you're already blessing on the earth? Help me to become a part of that. Because once you're a part of that, now when you pray, God, help me to, to have the resources to be able to help you in this. That's a prayer God's going to answer. Because God's already in it. That's a powerful, powerful prayer. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not bad to pray about meals and people's health and travel and money and all the other things that are typical of prayer. But what we need to remember is all those things are just temporary can't take any of the money with you. Eventually, all of us are going to die. Eventually, that meal is going to be digested. Again, not, nothing wrong with praying for those things, but they're just temporary. We need to be about the eternal. Did you know that just about a dozen times in Scripture, Jesus says that you can ask for anything you want in my name, and I'll give it to you? That sounds cool, right? Oh, I'm going to ask for anything anything. It sounds like a blank check. But there's a little, a little caveat to that. You've got to ask according to his will, according to his agenda, not your agenda and your will. Again, if it's in the will of God, if it's in the word of God, you can ask for anything, you, not a pastor, not a priest, not a monk, not your grandma, you can ask for anything, and he'll do that. That's a powerful, powerful prayer. But again, we've got to get out of this thing of, God, here's what I want, and we've got to make prayer more about discovering, God, what is it that you want? And then give me, give me what it is to, to accomplish that. And see, when you start to, to pray that prayer, you're going to get to know the heart of the Father even more. And that's going to start to change you. It's going to start to change your motivations and, and your agenda. And again, your prayers will become much more powerful. So we want to know who's the CEO? What business are we in? What is it that, that we need to fulfill this mission? And then number four, we would ask this question, what barriers of resistance might we face? Now Jesus in the, the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, he identifies two different things. Letter A there on your outline would be unforgiveness is the first one. Unforgiveness. You know, as, as followers, we are, 
called to forgive no matter what. No matter who. You're going, yeah, but you don't know what they did. You, you don't know what they said. You don't know how they hurt my family. I don't care what they did. I mean, I, I do. I care for you. But you need to forgive everything and everyone. Now, as I said before, there's a difference, though, between forgiveness and trust. So just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you have to necessarily trust them. But as followers of Jesus, we are called to forgive everyone. And for some of you, the, the reason that your prayers aren't being answered is you have unforgiveness in your heart. There's someone or, or you know, some situation that you just can't let it go. You're holding on to, to bitterness. You're holding on to unforgiveness. And God's not going to answer your prayer as long as that's there. You know, so often we want forgiveness for ourselves, but then we have a hard time giving it to others. But look what Jesus says in Mark chapter 11, verse 25. He says, when you're praying, if you're angry with someone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also forgive your sins. But if you don't forgive other people, then your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. Look, sometimes for you to get something from God means you need to give something to somebody else. And oftentimes that give is forgiveness. Let me also throw this out there. Jesus said that the way that people will know that you and I are his disciples is through our love for one another. In other words, a major way that the, the people of Harrisburg and our community are going to know that we're, we're truly followers of God is not because of what we do for them, but because they observe us. They observe the, the love that the Christians have for one another. But here's the problem. And here's the reason that the world so many times is, is laughing at us and, and mocking us and scorning us. Is that they see that amongst Christians and churches and church to church, denomination to denomination, that people are you know, fighting and getting in these petty arguments about things that really don't matter. And they're like, why would I want to become a part of something like that? Again, Jesus said that those people of the world, they'll, they'll know us by our love, but what do they know us for? They know us because of our little silly arguments. And so my point is this. Again, our business that we're in, this kingdom business, our Father's name is on the front. And we can never allow the name that's on the front of the building to be marred by the people that are in the building. Does that make sense? Never allow the name of our Father to be marred by the people that are in the building. And so sometimes the most effective thing you can do for your prayer life is to open your eyes, get up off your knees, walk across a room, walk across the street, walk across the aisleway, and offer forgiveness to somebody. Your prayers aren't being answered because you're harboring this unforgiveness in your heart. That's one obstacle, unforgiveness. Letter B then, sin. You know, our CEO has an enemy. His name is Satan. And Satan wants to take out our business. So Jesus says, pray and say, 
forgive us our debts just as we have forgiven our debtors. And then he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's a powerful prayer that you can pray, that God deliver me, deliver us from the distraction of Satan, from the enemy that's out there against us. You can pray that. The Apostle Paul, in talking about temptation at one point, he says that anytime you are tempted, God will provide a way out. So that's something else you can pray. Anytime you, you're tempted to sin, you can pray and say, God, your word promises that in this moment of temptation that you're providing a way out of this for me. I don't have to do this because your spirit that lives inside of me, I'm not controlled by Satan any longer. The devil isn't going to make me do anything. If I'm going to do this sin, it's because I'm choosing to do it. It's because I'm choosing to be disobedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. God, you promised a way out. Help me to, through the voice of your spirit, understand what is the way out right now. Do I need to get up? Do I need to get away? Do I need to turn off the TV? Do I need to turn off the computer? Do I need to get away from this person for a couple moments? Do I need to button my lip and not say the words that are about to come out of my mouth? Do I need to call a sponsor? God, you promised to provide a way out. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He always provides a way out. But sin so often keeps us from having our prayers answered. Look at what Scripture says in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. Your sins are the roadblock between you and your God. That's why he doesn't answer your prayers or let you see his face. We need to do business with with God because we're in the kingdom business and there is no place for sin in the kingdom. So we need to constantly be monitoring our own hearts and our own lives. And as I've told you before, sin isn't one of those things that you're just sorry that you get caught for doing it. But you, you, you turn from it, you repent of it. You say, Father, forgive me. I've messed up here. Help me not to do this anymore. I don't want to do it anymore because I realize it's distracting from, from the business and I realize it's marring your name. So unforgiveness, sin, those are things that, that keep us from God. You know why these things often, often do this? It, it's simply because our communication with God gets broken. See, see prayer is, is our way that we're talking to him. Then the way that he talks back to us is through his word, through other people, through circumstances of, of life. So often we're just, we talk to God, we, we pray, quote unquote pray, we just tell God a bunch of stuff, but then we don't listen. We don't have that two-way communication going on. And that gets us in major, major problems. You know, a couple years ago, I guess it's been two, two uh, years ago or so, a bunch of us guys from here at Exponential, we went out to uh, see the movie Lone Survivor. Anybody seen the movie Lone Survivor? Yeah, some of you have seen it. 
it's a true story about four Navy SEALs over in Afghanistan that they're on this uh, secret mission to do surveillance of this Taliban leader. Four guys. Now, I don't want to do a spoiler, you know, for those of you that haven't seen it, but the title of the movie is Lone Survivor, okay? Uh, so, <laughs> you know, figure it out for yourself. <laughs> What happens with these guys is they're better trained than the Taliban. They have better equipment than the Taliban. They're better equipped in every way than the Taliban. But yet when things sort of go sideways in the mission, three of them end up dying. Now, here's the thing. At any moment, they could have called in for support troops, for the Apache helicopters to, to come flying in and just wipe everybody out. But yet that never happened. And three of them died, only one of them lived. You know why? It's because the radio wasn't working. Their, their communication had gotten cut off. And because there was no communication, it meant no Apache helicopter. It meant no backup troops coming in. It meant they were out there on the battlefield by themselves. See where I'm going with this? When you have sin, when you have unforgiveness in your life, your communication with God is broken. The aerial support, so to speak, that he wants to offer, which isn't Apache helicopters, it's the angels of God. <laughs> that support isn't there for you. So again, this is why, and you're like, man, Gilbert talks about sin and repentance and stuff every week. Yeah, I'm going to keep talking about it until we start actually repenting of our sin. We're truly living for the business all the time, the kingdom. We've got to get serious. Not allow sin and unforgiveness to, to ruin our lives any longer. As I, I wrap up here this morning, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Take that model prayer, the, the Lord's Prayer, and even though I told you that it's not necessarily a prayer to pray, go ahead and pray these words of Scripture every single day this week. Actually, I'll make it easy for you. You don't even have to do all seven days. I'll give you two days off. Little grace. Five days between now and next Sunday. I want you to pray the prayer every day. And then each of the days, I want you to concentrate on one of these five areas. So here's what it would look like. Monday, pray the whole prayer. But then I really want you to concentrate on the word Father. That he is your Father, and hallowed is His name. Worship Him, honor Him, praise Him. You know, that, that's, that's what church is about. That's why we sing, that's why we pray, that's why we talk about God. Why? Because His name is greater than any other name. Take some time in prayer. Don't make it about you. Don't ask for anything for yourself on Monday. Just pray and honor Him. That great is your name. 
God, thank you for doing this in my life. God, thank you for doing that in my life. God, thank you that you've given this. God, thank you you've given that. Nothing for you, just all about him. That's Monday. Tuesday, pray the whole prayer. And then say, God, I want to see your kingdom advance. I want to see your kingdom advance at Exponential. I want to see your kingdom advance in Harrisburg. I want to see your kingdom advance in every single church in this area. I want to see your kingdom advance through every single church all around the world. God, what's my part in the kingdom? God, what would you have me to do to make sure that your mission is fulfilled? Let's make Tuesday all about the kingdom. Wednesday then, pray the prayer. And now, ask for the resources that you need to fulfill what you talked about the previous day. And then go ahead and ask for all the Aunt Martha's ingrown toenail and all the things that you hear about all the time in churches, right? Look, again, there's nothing wrong with that, but our prayers, when, we, when we're praying together corporately and stuff, and they ask for prayer requests, it shouldn't be, I need this, and my kid needs that, and this person needs... That's a part of it. We should bring our needs to each other and pray for those needs. But it's got to be way more than that. It's got to be about the kingdom. Thursday then, pray the whole prayer and then I want you to pray about relationships. Is there any unforgiveness? Is there any bitterness that you have in your heart towards anybody else? Pray about relationships that you need to build with people that are far from Jesus. And then Friday, pray the whole prayer. And then talk about sin. God, reveal in me, reveal in my life the things that are displeasing you. God, show me the way out of this. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. There is power in prayer. We all acknowledge that as we started this morning. But not as many of you said that there's power in your prayer. Well, I just gave you a way to pray powerfully. Because again, it's not all about you. It's all about him and what he wants. And as you pray his word and you pray his will, your prayers are going to get answered. And people are going to look at you and go, wow, when they pray, things get done. They're a, a prayer warrior. It's in that moment you're going to realize there's nothing special about you or, or your prayers. It's just you're praying the way Jesus taught us to pray. Again, there is power in just one single prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this opportunity we've had to gather together to worship you and honor you through singing and, and through just the fellowship that we've had with one another. And we've gotten to, to worship you through the teaching and the preaching of your word. And Lord, my, my prayer is that just as your word says, that we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but we would now be doers of the word. And God, I, I know that because I just prayed scripture that you're going to answer that, that you're going to change the hearts and the lives of the people here at Exponential. You're going to change the hearts and the lives of the people that are listening via this podcast because they're going to take what we talked about today, they're going to put it into action and things are going to start to change in their lives. But even more importantly, things are going to start to change in this community and in this world because now prayer isn't about what they want, about their agenda. 
It's going to be all about you and your business. We're going to become kingdom business people. We're going to pray kingdom prayers because it's not about us. It's not about even exponential. It's about your capital C church. It's about your kingdom come, your will being done here on the earth just as it is in heaven. So God, reveal to us what is our part that you would have us to play in that, both corporately as a church and individually in our homes and in our community. But Lord, there's things like unforgiveness and sin that distract us and create barriers to making a big difference for you. So Lord, right now, I just pray that each and every one of us would examine our own heart and our own life. And if there's anything that's displeasing to you, that again, we would do what Scripture says, which is that if we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. That you'll take our sins and you'll separate them as far as the east is from the west. Jesus, thank you that because of your sacrifice on the cross, that can happen in our lives. And that you then have a plan and a purpose for us. And that plan and purpose has nothing to do with our own selfish desires. The scripture that I forgot to look at here this morning that, that, that says that when you pray, you don't get what you desire because you're praying with your own selfish motives to get what you want. God, help us not to pray those selfish prayers any longer, but to pray kingdom prayers. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you do listen to our prayers and that we can confidently enter into your throne room and talk to you because you're Abba, Father. You're our Daddy God. We've got special honor, we've got special privilege, we've got special access because of who you are, not because of who we are. So thank you again that you're going to use us to make a difference for your name and for your sake, for your kingdom and for your glory. Amen.